You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey everyone, Tim McMaster here along with our MLB.com Blue Jays reporter Gregor Chisholm. And Gregor, a little later in the podcast, we're going to get into the draft because it's coming up here this week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Coverage on MLB.com and also MLB Network. And as far as the Blue Jays go, it's the a first shot for, for the Shapiro and Atkins team to kind of get into the draft as far as the Blue Jays go. So we'll get a little bit into that. But first, let's check in on the team um, who... It's been playing great baseball. We'll take away Monday night and and the loss to the Tigers. But overall, after Sunday, they were within two and a half games of first place Uh, over the last two weeks. Five of six from the Yankees, four of six from the Red Sox. That's good baseball within the division. Um, What seems to be coming together for the Blue Jays right now? Well, a little bit of everything. They're still getting the the strong starting pitching, which has kind of led this team surprisingly so uh, all season long. So perhaps it should stop being a bit of a surprise, but they've been getting that continued production. Uh, The offense has picked it up just enough. Still not quite the the, the type of numbers that you would expect, um, you know, after last season. Um, But they're doing a little bit of a better job of coming through uh, in timely situations. It seems like they're making the most of their opportunities, uh, whereas before they were really struggling with runners in scoring position. They were really struggling adding in those insurance runs, and and that kind of manifested itself into a lot of issues with the bullpen. Uh, So over the last couple weeks, uh, they've really turned a lot of those things around, and it couldn't have happened at a better time for this team because, you know, that two-week stretch that you were referring to, uh, I mean, that was was really a dangerous – possibility that the team could get buried a little bit in the standings but you look at that uh, when they when they took three three or four from minnesota uh, in the middle of may uh, that kind of was the start of the turnaround a little bit and then all the games against the american league east uh, to close within two and a half games of of first place compared to where they were middle of may uh, it's pretty impressive five straight uh, series victories that's exactly what this team needed to do now, Monday night's game, a little bit of an outlier because the defense lets the team down a little bit, and that's usually a, a strong strength for the Blue Jays. Uh, but Jay Happ also struggled, suddenly a little bit inconsistent after being so dominant early, but five innings pitched, six earned runs on Monday night. What's up with Happ? Is it just going deeper into the season now and things evening off a little bit? Did the defense get to him a little bit? I think it was a little bit of everything. Uh, you know, I think he's been pitching probably above his head a little bit uh, so far this season and in the second half of last year. I mean, uh, Jay Happ is a, is a quality pitcher, but he's not someone who's going to uh, finish the the year with an ERA around 2.3. I mean, that, that's not what really the organization expected from him uh, by any means at all. You know, just talking to him after that really rough start on Monday night, uh, you know, he thought he was still executing the way he did previously. You know, he referenced a, a couple of really tough pitches that actually went where he wanted them to that were sent over the wall. One of them was from uh, McCann on a, on a three-run shot early in the game, and that did come after one of the defensive miscues that you're referring to when Kevin Pillar misread a fly ball to center field. That's not something he does a lot. It was overall just a game the Blue Jays would like to forget. I mean, there, there was a lot of mental mistakes. It was a really kind of sloppy game. Uh, it's it's one of those ones that you probably try to turn the page on as quickly as you possibly can and, and move on. But I, I think Jay Happ will be fine in the end. He's going to have some of these starts from time to time. 
but for the most part, I mean, this is still a guy who's been relatively consistent for the Blue Jays. 10, 10 to 12, I believe, have been quality starts. Uh, you know, you're going to have those those outings from time to time, and uh, for him, he just needs to get back on track in the next one and, and continue producing the way he's been doing for most of the year. Yeah, and some nights you just got to tip your cap to the batters uh, for doing a good job. Um, speaking of starting pitchers, though, how about Estrada? A no-hitter into the eighth uh, on Sunday, and I know he uh, – they they almost ended up losing that game, but they hang on and win it. But Marco Estrada, more than I mean, he's had so many near no hitters. What is it about him that on random days he's simply unhittable? Yeah, it, it's amazing. I mean, to look back at what he did last year, I think he was you know top three in opponents batting average. Uh, this year, he's been leading the American League in opponents batting average. He just doesn't give up very many hits. This is eight starts in a row now uh, where he is allowed. Five hits or less, and it's something he did last year as well. So, I mean, it's something he's been doing time and time again. And he's just one of those. If you're an opposing hitter, I think he's a very frustrating guy to face because I think a lot of times hitters go back to the dugout thinking that they should have done an awful lot more with the at bat than they did. But uh, you know, as cliche as this might as this might sound, he just knows how to pitch. Uh, he doesn't have the best stuff. He, you know, he typically sits upper upper 80s, around 90 miles per hour on his fastball. But what he what he does is disguise his pitches really really well. Um, you know, the changeup is obviously a really plus pitch for him, and I think hitters have a really tough time. Um, picking the ball up out of his hand, knowing whether it's going to be one of his off-speed pitches uh, or the fastball, and you know that <clears throat> when when stuff like that goes on, it makes that 90 mile per hour fastball start looking like 95, 96 because they just they don't know what to expect, and uh, you know the amount of weak pop-ups that he gets is is really kind of astounding, and uh, you know, he's a guy that it really is very difficult to kind of square up if you're an opposing hitter and. You know, the overall consistency that he's had now for the last two years has, has been nothing sh- short of astounding. And, uh, you know, he really has been the Blue Jays' number one starter now for a long time. And you can make the case that he was the number one starter last year going into the playoffs as well. Uh, with the, Despite the presence of Marcus Stroman and, and David Price, he was the guy who uh, really led the Blue Jays in the postseason with strong outings against the Rangers and the Royals. Uh, he's kind of developed into that uh, number one guy, even though people don't really think of Marco Estrada as a number one starter. Yeah, and I think the team would be super confident in him pitching any big game as well, which is kind of remarkable because considering the type of pitcher that he is. I wanted to get this. It's June now, and it seems like this is where the injuries start to pile up for every team in baseball. Um, So I just wanted to get a quick kind of injury update from you, Gregor. I know Josh Donaldson, uh, a little tweak, but he was able to DH on Sunday. He'll be fine. But you have Brett Cecil, you have Tulo, Franklin Morales. How far away are all these guys? I think Tulo is going to be the first one you see back, and and you know he just at the start of this week he he started hitting off a tee and he's been playing catch and uh, they just really wanted to ease his workload a little bit just to make sure that his sore right quad was going to be fully healed before he started ramping things up and I think over the next few days you're going to start to see that and he's eligible to come off the disabled list on June 13th uh, when he went on the DL uh, he was adamant that he would be back after the the you know the, those 15 days and it does seem like that will probably be the case barring any kind of setback but they expect to have him back in the middle of June I think Brett Cecil will probably be a little bit closer towards the end of June uh, he's been uh, playing catch having a little bit of long toss um, as of today had yet to get off a mound but that's probably something that's going to happen 
relatively soon, and then he's going to have to get a few rehab outings under his belt before coming back. But it, it shouldn't be too long. They just wanted to make sure that uh, with the torn lat muscle that he had, uh, that that was kind of fully healed before they really ramped up. Because what they don't want to do is have have any kind of setbacks and suddenly lose him until you know uh, July or, or even August. So all, all signs point to him probably towards the end of the month. And Franklin Morales continues to be a little bit of a mystifying uh, situation. Uh, he's been seems like it's been he's been playing long toss for for a couple of months. He he just did recently start throwing bullpens, but uh, they're not full intensity bullpens by any means. Uh, so he's going to have to slowly uh, build his way back up from what was originally described as shoulder fatigue. And I think a lot of people in the organization have had, uh, have been wondering exactly what's going on there, but. Slowly but surely, I guess he is on his way back, and then it'll be interesting to see what the Blue Jays do there because there's really only two spots for two lefties down there. Uh, obviously, Brett Cecil will be one of those guys, and, and Aaron Loop, as of right now, is the second guy. But uh, that spot ultimately could go uh, to Morales when he comes back as well. All right, I mentioned the draft coming up quickly on Thursday. I wanted to get into that a little bit. Um, it's the first draft for Shapiro and Atkins. Um, they obviously have some work to do as far as this organization goes. And it's not because they didn't draft well in the past, but it was because last year, obviously, with the run, they, they ended up trading away a lot of talent from that minor league system. You think about guys like Jeff Hoffman and Daniel Norris, who could have been cornerstones, but they made the run, and those guys are now playing elsewhere. So what is the focus on for this Blue Jays team as they head into this draft? I know the, it's tough to predict when your first pick is at 21. Yeah, they, they need a bit of everything. Uh, they just need depth in the minor league system, and so the, it really is There's a strong need to have a strong uh, draft this season. It's going to be interesting to see the, the trend. I think that's one of the things that I'm going to be watching um, on day one, two, and three of the draft. We, we know that under Alex Anthopoulos' regime, there was a really strong, strong emphasis on, on uh, acquiring as many uh, starting pitchers as possible, uh, and, and really there was a strong fondness there for uh, guys that fit the mold of, of people that they think can, can become durable starters. So, you know, over the last five years, I think they took two, two starting pitchers that were uh, six foot one and, and below, and one of those was Marcus Stroman, but for the most part, they, they target those guys who are six two and above. Because they think there's a little bit more of a, a durability and athleticism factor there. So, you know, Brian Parker, the director of amateur scouting, is is still in the fold. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see if he maintains that strategy or if, uh, you know, the influence of, of Atkins and Shapiro changes things a little bit. I still expect this team to go pretty uh, pitcher heavy. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all unless there's a huge run of starting pitchers uh, in the first round. I wouldn't be surprised if they take a pitcher uh, in the first round and then start adding some depth. Um, after that, but you know, I, you know, one thing that, that Atkins was talking about just uh, earlier this week was, you know, everybody likes to talk about, you know, the big, the big stud prospects that they that they gave up, but. Uh, you know, this is an organization that was, uh, you know, decimated in terms of dealing a lot of their, uh, you know, tier two, tier three prospects as well. The guys who could become major leaguers. You know, you think of guys like Kevin Pillar, the glue guys uh, that you really do need uh, at the big league level, and, and that's where I think there's really a lack of depth in the minor league. So that that's why there's going to be a lot of importance not only in the first couple of rounds, but really three all the way through, basically, you know, rounds like 15 and stuff like that, uh, to acquire as many of these guys who could eventually turn into those role-type players at the big league level as well because that's obviously going to save you a lot of money uh, long-term when you're able to develop those type of players as opposed to having to sign them through free agency. 
We'll definitely be focusing on it later in the week. Obviously, Shapiro and Atkins have a good history as far as their work in the draft back in their Cleveland days. That was an organization that was forced to build from within, and, and, and they did a good job there. So we will keep an eye on it. This has been MLB.com Extras, our Blue Jays edition. For Gregor Chisholm, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next week. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.